The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Messages of Hope. It's exciting for me because my husband Ty and I are on the road now. We travel six months of the year taking the Messages of Hope all over the country and into Canada, and we're one week into this year's Message of Hope tour. Already made it from Florida to New Mexico, and I want to thank and give a shout out to Denise and Scott Kennedy for the hospitality they're already showing us here in the beautiful town of Silver City, New Mexico. Our show today I've entitled, Who, Me? Because today I'm going to talk about what happens when a, quote, regular person like you and me, suddenly opens up to the awareness of the spirit world with evidence that can't be denied. Uh, I like to think of myself as a regular person, and that description describes me, but it describes many of you who are listening. And I like to bring in regular people on this show. And today we're going to be joined by a special guest, Cheryl Page, who did come on briefly in one of my first shows to talk about a reading I did for her. But we're going to dive in more to what has happened to Cheryl since that reading. Cheryl, a regular person, is a cancer researcher who discovered that the greater reality is far more accessible than she imagined. So let's bring Cheryl in now and we'll talk about her story together. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. Oh, gosh. Well, I I can't wait to share your stories with all of our friends who are listening because it's just one wow story, one evidence-filled story after another. When you and I were talking about, you know, how are we going to get it to all fit in this hour, I was so excited because they're all just so full of the wonder of spirit 
and uh, listening to the the lead in there to the program, the whole point of Unity Radio is exploring our oneness with each other. And Cheryl, I know that you would agree with me that the things that have happened to you have shown you and what I try to share with everybody that we're all connected by one big web. Wouldn't you say so? I would say so in more ways than I could have imagined. Six short months ago, this was not a part of my paradigm at all. And uh, holy smokes is all I can, <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> well, let's go back to how this all started. Um, actually, I'm sure it started years before when you were raising your quality of consciousness. We'll talk to people later about the wonderful blog you have. I know that you already are a very loving person and, and that that understanding of oneness is key, but your big transformation started when? My big transformation started on July 7th, 2017, when the love of my life, whose name was Scott, and if you met him, he'd introduce himself as Froggy. Uh, Most people knew him as Froggy, but uh, when Scott uh, was hit by a car and killed on July 7th, that started my tailspin of, I work in oncology and I work with people passing of cancer every day for the last 14 years, but this is the first time death touched me in quite this way. I've lost siblings and parents, but not someone I was in love with, and I didn't know the depths of grief uh, existed in me, and that was, I didn't know how to get myself out of it. I just knew I was drowning in it. Yeah, we understand. A lot of us understand that feeling of drowning in grief. So what led you to search for a medium? Because that's how you and I met when you reached out for a reading with me. What what led you to a medium? Well, I don't swim in a sea of people that know mediums. So I, all I knew was that if there was a way to reach Scott in any capacity, then maybe it would help me to climb out of the pit of despair that I was in. But I didn't know where to start because I don't know anybody who knows anybody who knows a medium. So I just sort of put my intention out there and sort of very gently uh, to the few people that uh, I thought might not look at me askance and said, you know, if you know anybody who knows anybody, I'm looking for. And, you know, the short of a very long story was you had come to my area and done a talk, but I didn't learn about it until after you had left. And two friends of mine said, oh, my goodness, we found the woman for you, and she's left brain just like you, and she's, uh, she, she's, she's going to be the person who can help you out. So I bought a couple of books. I watched some of your YouTube videos, and uh, I thought, yes, this is the person that's going to help me out. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I put myself on your waiting list and got a nice email back saying it's going to be about two years, and... Uh, so here's somebody else who I could vouch for who would do a reading for you, a lovely, lovely uh, medium called Nicole. And so I did have a reading with her, but then two weeks later, you called me. Yeah, I remember sometimes I get an opening that comes up, and I always scan the waiting list, and my guide, Sanaya, just highlights certain names, and it was just very clear I was supposed to do your reading then. Yep. So... so um, how about that reading? So you did, and it was, I mean, you knew my first name, and you started the reading with, I mean, you don't ask for payment in advance, so it's not like you could have taken my credit card information and Googled me, and 
I gave you love of my life past. I gave you my first name, and he had a father who was a World War II veteran. That's all you knew about me. But you came up with how he passed. You came up with his name. You came up with the song we sang at his memorial service. You came up with things that were so specific and personal. I knew that you couldn't know those things if Scott was not right there. But my takeaway at the end was that I asked you the question that I think you asked in Messages of Hope, which was, okay, you talk to Scott. How do I talk to Scott? Right. And your message was one word, meditation. Yep. Yep. Because that was that was the key for me. I mean, your story so far is just it's so mirrors mine in that when our step when my stepdaughter Ty's daughter Susan passed, I didn't know any mediums either, and then I was just convinced that if I was going to hear from her, I needed to find a medium and find one that I trusted. And we had a, a blow your mind type reading, and I had already started meditating myself, and that was the key that opened me up. Uh, it was quite some time after I began meditating that I opened up to the spirit world. But um, you, my friend, it's been only four (laughs) months since that reading, and you've opened up like nobody I ever saw. But um, real quickly, I want to tell everybody who's listening, we did have Cheryl on the show for a few minutes, uh, a couple shows back, because she told the wonderful story that in that reading when Scott or Froggy came through is also when her Uncle Jim, uh, who had not yet passed, came through. So, Cheryl is the one who, the story of uh, speaking to a soul who hadn't yet passed, who gave us the story of shooting the rattlesnake. That You can find that video on my website. This is the same woman. So you began meditating. Had You had not been meditating until then? Well, Suzanne, I, when I was 12, my dad loaded us all up in the station wagon and said, we're going to go do something called transcendental meditation. Well, that was ridiculous in my 12-year-old <laughs> mind. And... I didn't get it for 40 years or 40 more than 40 years. Like I just couldn't get there. And I, I think there was some misperceptions that you helped to clarify. You had said to me, prayer is asking, meditation is an active state of listening. Now that I could get my head around. And so you, I, I said, but how do I do it? She said, and you mentioned the hemisync uh, downloads or the, you know, the hemisync, uh, meditation guides that you've put together and that to me was that was the key in the lock because from day one truly from day one uh i dropped into a place listening to your expanded awareness uh guided meditation i went someplace that i didn't know one existed or two that i could go there I I remember when you you emailed me shortly after listening to the Hemisync CD for the first time, and it was it was something to the effect of "Holy cow, what just happened to me?" and and I know I've had that kind of response from other people, and I'm so grateful that they have that kind of effect on people. But you started listening regularly. What was your your program of? Uh, it's not quite the right word, but you know your your habit yeah. of meditating. Well, I'll tell you because I'm a researcher. I approached this, you had said this somewhere, whether it's a talk or your book, but you know, a very left-brain approach to a very right-brain activity. But I thought, okay, the scientific process is what I know, so I'm going to employ that. So I asked the question. The question was, is it possible to communicate with those in the spirit world? There's my question. 
The second step is you review the existing literature and data. I did that. The third is you formulate a hypothesis. My hypothesis was connecting with those in spirit is possible through meditation. Then I tested my hypothesis by doing an experiment. And the experiment was meditating and seeing what happened. And so I started morning and evening, 30 to 45 minutes in the morning and an hour or a little bit more than an hour every evening, every single day for four months. I mean, still, uh, still ongoing. But I started on November 5th. I started writing notes on November 7th and information came pouring through you had said to me, sit and meditate with a notepad in your lap because information will come through. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's not you, but write it down. So I'm great at following directions. Like, okay, <laughs> I have directions and I know the scientific process. So I'm going to, I have my hypothesis and I'm going to conduct this experiment and see what happens. I wasn't closed-minded. I didn't believe it would or wouldn't work. I was just going in curious. And holy smokes is right. It was from day one, there was information. And, you know, day two and day five and week three and week six, it was information coming to me. And all of it was about spiritual awakening. But much of it was not anything that was in my knowledge base. So I knew it wasn't coming from me because if I write down a word and I don't even know that it's a word, that can't have come from me. There we go. And this is beautiful because I didn't, I mean, I know you're a researcher, but I didn't realize you are such a scientist that I'm listening to you right now going, oh, thank you, Spirit. This is a setup. You're like the perfect person to talk about this. But I have to stop you right now. I know you said yeah. on day one, Scott showed up and um, yep. Just before we both went on the air, you were saying Scott's been around all day. We want to talk about how yep. Scott showed up to you, but but I also said the intent that I would hear from Scott, and he's with both of us. And I have to stop because he's driving me crazy right now. He's pointing. He's acting goofy, so he must have been very goofy. And he's if if you take your two finger fingers on both hands and you reach up, he's kind of pulling at his teeth, touching his teeth. It feels like somebody that would stick a pair of fake teeth in their mouth or there's something going on with his teeth that he wants me to talk about. Does that make any sense to you? Well, it does make sense. And he had his two front teeth. If you look at pictures of him, he had sort of these two rabbit kind of front teeth. So it was it was a distinct feature of his face is his two front teeth. Okay. All right. So pointing that out, that makes perfect sense to me. And as you were talking about, uh, I told you what to do and you were sitting with a paper and pen because that's what I said. He's laughing in my ear and he says, that's my girl. <laughs> so he totally appreciates your style. But he also says right now that you were like diametrically opposed because he, he, he's like a free spirit and would not want to follow rules. He would actually rebel against it. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> totally, completely, 100%. If you told him what to do, he'd do the opposite. All right. So everybody who's listening needs to understand it's not just me and Cheryl here. We have Scott on the air, too. <laughs> but what do you, why don't you tell us how you, when you said from day one, Scott showed up, how did you know it and how did you know it wasn't your imagination day one? Wow, that's such a great question because, you know, you and other mediums always say, oh, well, I don't exactly know how I know, but I know. And it's that's, that's sort of the answer, except that if Scott walked into the room and I wasn't looking in his direction in life, I would know that he walked in the room. I mean, I know what he feels like. I know what his presence feels like. But 
in my, if I, prior to that time, if I were to close my eyes, it, I couldn't see any color. It was just blackness. But that day, I had my eyes closed, and I felt him show up, and I saw the color blue, like almost like Fourth of July sparklers uh, or neon lights, almost like a buzzing sound, but blue, very distinct sort of a, a royal blue. And he, and I heard in my mind's ear, this is how you know it's me. Uh, you know, so like he gave me blue. And if I was done, then my experiment was, okay, I'm done meditating, I'm taking a walk, or I'm at my office. If I closed my eyes and tried to see blue, I couldn't see blue. Okay. So, what I like about what you said is even though you are the scientist, you were willing to say, I know what this feels like, I know what you feel like, and you trusted that. So everybody hang in there with us because there's a lot more than just a color or just a sensation. But I love that you trusted that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, you had said to me the other day about, you know, what is this journey, my life's journey, to get here? And there certainly have been things, I think all of us, you know, are seekers in some way, but what this felt like, and it happened, I picked up a book right before the call, and I said, okay, Scott, I'm going to open this to a random mm-hmm. page, and you give me Okay, I certainly can't hear Cheryl. Okay, so I, sorry about the interruption, everybody. Cheryl, you were talking about your journey? Yeah, just that I think that we all, maybe in some capacity, we quest, and whether that's a religious quest or a spiritual, you know, whatever the, quest, the form of the quest, I have certainly also been on a quest. But before the call today, I have picked up a book, and I said, Scott, I'm going to open this to a random page and give me something that I can share today that's meaningful from you. And what I opened to, it read, like a combination lock in which all lines up and what has been locked opens. So that's what this was, this coalescence that I spoke with you about. But the interesting thing is, I thought that was beautiful. But as I was reading through my journals of the last few months, on January 14th, I wrote down in my meditation, you need only remember, you already know what you wish to know. This is not about teaching. This is about unlocking. (laughs) Wow. Like key in the lock. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, gosh. So what I love about your work with Scott once he started showing up in meditation is that he started giving you evidence. And I I encourage everybody who's listening, when your own loved ones come up, if you're questioning, if you're really connecting with them, ask them for evidence. One of the stories that most blew me away, Cheryl, is the story about the coin. I'd like you to tell it in a bit of detail because it's so awesome and how you, how Scott told you about that. Oh my God. So cool. Okay. So, um, I was in meditation and I believe this was, I don't have uh, the date exactly, but it was sometime in January. So let's say a couple of months after I, uh, started meditating and I could I trusted more what I was hearing. So I was in meditation and I saw blue, so I knew it was Scott. And he said to me, um, there was a woman in the funeral home uh, when he was there before his cremation. And I had asked her, how do I know that it's him that comes out the other side? And she said, oh, there's a coin that goes with him. And then at the end, it'll be with his remains at the top of the bag. So I said, well, can I see his coin? 
She said, sure. So she disappears into the back of the funeral home, and it took seemed like a long time, but she came back out and she showed me this coin, and I took a picture for his dad and has a number on it, and she went back and put it away. And that was really the last I thought about the coin. So then in January, uh, or late December, whenever it was, I was meditating, and I heard him say, clear as day, this woman's name, let's call her Susan, uh, or Susie, let's say, Susie dropped the coin that day when she was coming to show it to you. So she dropped the coin and had to crawl under a piece of furniture to get the coin that day, which is why it took her so long. And I'm thinking, what, you know, really? But I call this woman on the phone and she knows I've been meditating and all of this. And so I said, okay, this is going to sound strange, but I heard Scott in my meditation today. And he said that that day you dropped the coin and you had to crawl around on the floor underneath piece of furniture to get the coin. And there was dead okay. silence. And she said, oh my gosh, Cheryl, I totally dropped the coin and I had to splay myself out on the floor and crawl under a piece of furniture to get that coin, and then I had to pull myself together and dust myself off, and I was never going to admit to you that I dropped his coin. That is crazy. Absolutely (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing. So, So, uh, I mean, Scott clearly knew these things and comes through to you in meditation. What what I love about you, Cheryl, is the clarity with which you receive the messages. Yeah. No, I'll I'll tell you, one I didn't share with you the other day, Suzanne, is on the 5th of December, I was meditating, and clear as day, I should have seen the blue, and he says, I sent you a rose tonight. And I wrote it down, and then I always keep my cell phone out in the living room so it doesn't bother me while I'm meditating. So I go out to my cell phone, and I check, and I have a text message that came from my sister, and it's a neon blue and red and green and yellow rose, and it says, I love you at the bottom. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think this is an example, this story in particular, of when the spirits, those in the spirit world, already know what's on its way or what's about to happen, and they tell you what to ask for. So yeah. he could have known that your sister was planning to send you that and then says, you know, this is going to be good. Let's tell her to ask for a rose. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you knew I was going to do a reading for some people that you know. But I didn't know you yep. knew them. You remember that story? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these were some, you had, some friends. Go you ahead. go ahead and tell it. Um, so we live in the same town. She's the woman who told me about you um, oh. after you had done that talk in Carbondale. And uh, she was a little miffed. I think that I got a reading before she did. Like, wait a minute. How did you go <laughs> cut ahead of me in line? But there was a reason for that. And so we, I only learned later. But so I had my reading with you, and then I called her and said, okay, when she calls, you got to let me know, and I'll ask Scott to help, you know, as, as though I know what I'm talking about. But I was like, that's what I was thinking. So <laughs> anyway, the week later, you called her, and that was a Wednesday. And so she calls and says, oh, my gosh, she called, and tomorrow's our reading. So... I hang up the phone with her, and I start talking to Scott. And I said, Scott, I don't know how this works, but and I didn't know my friend's son who passed away, but I said, okay, this is his name. This is what he looks like in my mind's eye. Go find him. Wherever he is, go find him. Bring him 11 o'clock tomorrow. Bring him to the reading and show him how it's done because his (laughs) parents and his girlfriend really need to hear from him. And so the next day, I was talking to Scott all morning, you did the reading. It was amazing. And then 
my friend called me afterwards and she said it was incredible and he showed up and it was awesome and wow. And so I sent you an email, but she didn't say anything else. And I sent you an email at that time and I just said very briefly, thank you so much. You didn't know that I knew these people, but you did a reading for them and you brought their son back to them in such a meaningful way and I just want to thank you. And you immediately emailed back and said, holy smokes, I didn't know you knew them, but it was now it explains why Scott showed up in their reading and it was so strong <laughs> that I even said his name out loud. I know, and I, I remembered that, you know, saying, Scott, why is Scott here? But I didn't bring it up, you know. Uh, it's This is not the first time. Some of you listening have had this happen in your readings with me when um, other people show up in the middle of the reading because you ask them to. It's just evidence to me that those in the spirit world interact with each other just as much as we do here. So yeah. we still have five minutes before we're going to take a break. I want to talk about one little thing, and then I want to encourage people to stay with us because after the break, we're going to show how your ability to tune into those on the other side has extended beyond just hearing from Scott. But um, yeah. I didn't know anything about Scott before your reading, and I also didn't know that he was nicknamed Froggy. That's a kind of a play on words that he, he spent some time in France, and yep. isn't that right? And speaks French. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, he lived there many years. And there's a joke that relates frogs to that. So so the day before your reading, or maybe the morning of, there was a frog on our garage door. I even pointed it out to Ty. And uh, Ty's not here (laughs) in the room with me, but if he were, I would say, honey, when's the last time we saw a frog anywhere in or around our house? (laughs) And the answer would be, never. So all of a sudden, yeah. here's this frog, and then Froggy comes up in the reading, and then the very next day, the frog shows up on the front porch, a little teeny frog, <laughs> and then he was gone, no frogs ever since. So the timing is one of those, you know, some people may say, well, it's just a coincidence, but I don't think so. You've had your share of froggy synchronicities, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> amazingly so, and many other people have as well. I remember it was really funny that you said one day to Scott, send me a really big frog. I want a really big frog. And you went looking for, not even looking for the frog, but you were somehow led to some videos that I'd done. Is, is that how it happened? Well, even better, what I said was, Scott, look what she did. She brought you to me. You have to send Suzanne a huge frog. Not me. I wanted him to send you a huge frog. And I kept hearing in my mind's ear, it's already done. It's already taken care of. Stop asking. I already took care of it. And so I was asking two, three, four days after the reading, and he kept saying it's already taken care of. And then one day I went on your blog and managed to get to page two, which I hadn't at that point. And there you were sitting in a parking lot somewhere on a picnic bench with a huge frog. And I just I mean, about giant fell off my chair. Frog. Yeah. It's not a real frog. It's a stuffed frog that we came across in a in a campground, and uh, it's the picture that I use to tell people about this show on my on my Facebook page. So any of you listening can just go to facebook dot com slash Suzanne Geisman and scroll down a little bit, and you'll see me sitting on this picnic bench with this giant. I'm talking like six foot high Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and so for Scott to say to you, "It's already done," is a beautiful thing, evidential in itself. <laughs> Absolutely. And so we will talk when we come back about how um, 
the frog has just come up even recently. But how did you know he was with you today? It's it's now more than it doesn't have to be me with my eyes closed and seeing blue, although that does happen more. It's that I just feel him around and I I make a request and he always comes through. I mean it's it doesn't. It's not, you know, give me the winning lottery numbers. I don't mean that, but like, okay, I'm going to, books he's great with, my cell phone he's great with. He knows how to give me indicators that he's here, but I also know what it feels like when he, I don't know how that sounds sort of woo-woo, but I know what it feels like when he's around. No, that's not woo-woo at all. Anybody that knows that has their loved one, you you would know if they stepped in a room, and that's how it works, everybody. It, and I love that Cheryl said it's not the, that they're going to give you the winning lottery numbers because that's not how it works. It The spirit world comes through in a way that always serves the greater good. And here you are right now, Cheryl, sending ripples out to everybody who's listening to say, look, we're regular people. You're not a born medium, or or at least you weren't aware of it until now. <laughs> I know I'm convinced you're going you're to be an outstanding medium, but it's because your heart's in the right place. Most of ours are, but you're, you're, your blog shows you're all about helping people to know how important love is for each other so we're going to take a break and come back and tell the amazing story of hearing from someone you never heard of in your meditation so everybody stay tuned we'll be back in a couple minutes If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real.
Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. I'm talking today with Cheryl Page, a, quote, regular person, a cancer researcher who discovered the greater reality is far more accessible than she ever thought after the passing of the love of her life, Scott in an accident, very tragic, and she had a reading with me and said, how do I connect with Scott myself? And I said, in one word, meditation. And she took that to heart and began meditating twice a day with the clear intent of connecting with him and has just opened way up. Um, Cheryl, I need to tell you before we go forward, we did mention in the last half hour that Scott's here with us, and he's showing me right now a feather. It looks like a big, it's a big feather, what is, and why is he showing me that? I have a, I'm sitting here, it's, it's actually an ivory feather, I mean like, not ivory, but you know what I mean, a big feather, I'm holding a feather in my hand, it's sitting here on the bed. <laughs> and I, I sure can't see you because we're not doing video, so chalk another one up for Scott, yay! So yay. you are just this clearest instrument for spirit because when you wrote to me and told me what had happened in your meditation, it just blew me away. Uh, Cheryl has not trained yet as a medium. I know you're coming to my class in Denver coming up on, on Serving Spirit, but uh, I'm not sure I can teach you very much at this point because um, <laughs> why not? we're going to change the name of this person. Um, the family has allowed us to tell the story and the details, but they don't want to put the name out there. So we're going to call him Harry Smith. But why don't you tell me about sitting in meditation and out of the blue – what you heard. Okay. So it was the 20th of December, and I know that because I always uh, write notes and I write the date. So I know as looking back today, I wrote down the date. It was the 20th of December, the Wednesday, I think it was, before Christmas. And I was writing all these beautiful things, and I was inspired, and it was lovely. And uh, then I'm almost to the point where I know the meditation is about to be over. And then out of the crystal clear blue sky... I write down Harry Smith, 1954 airplane. And I'm thinking, I don't know what or who that is. I have no idea. But my habit at that point was I was getting so many things that I wasn't familiar with, words, ideas, concepts. I was just used to finish meditating and then go to Google. So I went to Google. I have and to I, interrupt you a second. I got to interrupt you a second because you. When I said you're like a clone of me, it's just hilarious because people <laughs> who know my story know that I hear things like stellated dodecahedron or reticular activation system <laughs> in my meditation. I write it down. I come out of meditation, and the very first thing I do is I go to Google. So here you go to Google to look this up. So back to you. So I Google Harry Smith, and and I, and, and I put in the word airplane and. Up comes an obituary of a guy that lives, you know, somewhere here in the country, and he died, I think, in 2013, 2014, but he was born in 1954. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what does that 
what does that mean? And, and so I, but there's no airplane. He didn't die in an airplane crash. And so I look a little bit further and find out that someone in his family is an airline pilot. So it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but then I'm still confused. And your new book still right here. I had just gotten it in the mail and it was sitting here in my, I'm in my little comfy meditation chair and it's on the bed in front of me. And Scott's not in the ceiling, but I'm looking at the ceiling. So I look up at the ceiling and there's Scott and there's this Harry Smith, who I don't know, and another friend of mine who passed. And I, they're all three. I feel them all there. And so I'm not like they're in the ceiling. And I say, okay, what am I supposed to do with Harry Smith? And clear as day into my mind's ear, I hear from Harry Smith, who I don't know, you need to call my family. You need to tell them I love them and I wish them Merry Christmas and you need to tell them about Suzanne's book. And I'm thinking, you are out of your freaking tree. There's no possible way at Christmas I'm going to call and upset this family. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking, okay, forget about it. I'm not doing it unless you give me a sign as big as my house. It's not happening. I'm going to bed. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm tired. You guys work it out. And so I go to bed. I get up. I meditate. And all Larry, Curly, and Mo are still sitting there, like, just got these grins on their face, like, ha-ha, we're going to talk you into doing this. So I said, okay, if I'm doing it and risking upsetting this family, then you need to give me a sign. And I pick up your book, still right here. And I said, okay. And so now keeping in mind that when I meditate and Scott is here, I see blue. And somebody in Harry Smith's family is an airline pilot. And so I open up the bike center. I get quiet. I said, okay, guys, I need a sign. It cannot be any wobbliness. It has to be crystal clear. I open up the book and my eyes land on the phrase Jet Blue Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we have time later, we'll we'll tell more of these stories. But Cheryl has this uncanny ability to open a book to the exact thing. She is, I mean, it's amazing. And I love that you said you stopped and you got centered first. You didn't. It's it's with intent, and this is how spirit yeah. works. So what cracks me up is everybody listening. This woman actually had the nerve to reach out. So tell us what happened. So I'm feeling the three of them going, ha-ha, we gave you a sign, so get to it, you know. So I <laughs> go to Google, and I look up the way to find this airline pilot and figure, okay, I'll take the chicken way out, and I'll send this person an email. And there's no email address. It's just not it's not there. So there's a phone number, though. And so I look angrily at the, the ceiling like, okay, you guys, you're getting me into this. You better get me out. I'm going to make the call, but you got to have my back. So I call the phone number, and an automated voice says, you know, press 1, 4, press 2, 4, press 3, 4. And I'm thinking I'm going to get a uh, a voicemail. And the guy answers the phone. And uh -oh. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, now I mean, what do Harry I do? Smith, Harry Smith's son, the airline pilot, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So uh, he is very lovely. And I said, you know, hello, trying to sound not crazy. Um, my name is Cheryl. I'm calling from a cancer center in Colorado because that seems less crazy. And uh, I was wanting to send you an email. I was wondering if you could provide it to me, and I promise I'm not a crazy person. So he laughed and gave me the email address. And right as I'm about to hang up, he says, do you mind if I ask what it's in regards to? And I'm thinking, shoot, almost <laughs> got done. But anyway, I, I fibbed only a little bit. And I said, well, you know, because maybe they know Scott. I don't know. So I just said, well, it's about your father, and it's a little bit out there, so I'd rather send it to you in an email, but I think we might have a friend in common. 
just to keep it on an even keel. And, you are fibbing. Uh, they do have a friend in common. They just happen to be on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he said, great. I look forward to reading the email. And so I typed this whole thing out. I sent a picture of me and Scott, and I send it on its way with love and hope that it's not upsetting. And two hours later, uh, the daughter of Harry Smith calls me, and she's crying. And she says, oh, Cheryl, we haven't been able to stop crying since... We got your email because every Christmas since my dear dad passed away, he finds a, sign, a way at Christmas time to give us a sign that he is still right here. I couldn't believe it. She said it that way. Still right here with us. And this year, you're the one giving us, the, you're the messenger this year. It's, I mean, the timing is beautiful, but it didn't end there. Harry didn't leave you alone. And he <laughs> gave proof that he's with Froggy in the most miraculous oh way. Wait till you all hear yes. this. I love this. Go ahead. So the lovely daughter uh, who called has a young uh, a young daughter who's three years old. So the granddaughter of Harry Smith. And Scott had given me some other signs, and he's even given me messages in French. I don't speak French, and then I go to Google Translate, and they're a message. And he thanked me in French for helping out his friend, Harry Smith. And uh, then he said, and I'm going to send you a skunk with flowers. And I'm thinking, skunk with flowers? What's that? And so I Google skunk with flowers, and of course, up comes Pepe Le Pew. And uh, so I'm abbreviating the story a little bit, but basically I called the daughter of Harry Smith, and I said, you know, tell her this whole thing. And, and of course, and then he sends me Pepe Le Pew, and she says, I don't know who that is. I said, you know. The French skunk, Pepe Le Pew, she says, I have no idea who that is, but my three-year-old daughter has been walking around the house saying Pepe Le Pew. And <laughs> one night at bedtime, they were saying a prayer that was written by Harry Smith, and uh, the little girl said to her mother, Mama, Papa's in heaven with a froggy. Oh, oh. anybody else listening <laughs> have goosebumps? <laughs> it's those little kids that see spirit. And so here we have a little three-year-old who would know her grandfather, or at least in spirit, and grandfather's saying, hey, say Pepe Le Pew. So she's walking around the house saying Pepe Le Pew and tells her mom, Papa, meaning her grandfather, is in heaven with a froggy, which is the nickname of Scott. Just awesome. So I know you've kept in touch with them, and you've heard from a couple of others on the other side, but let's get back to Scott because he's just... Uh, he's such a strong communicator. In uh, in the reading with you, I remember saying yeah. that Scott told us he was going to send you a sign with a garage door. That's a pretty yeah. unusual sign. We're not talking butterflies and dragonflies and uh, things like that. Yeah. A garage door sign, really? <laughs> so <go ahead. laughs> yes, and so at the time I said to you, I don't have a garage door. And you said, write it down anyway, because somebody asked his dad. Maybe somebody else has a garage door, but write it down. So I was a good following instructions. I wrote it down. And this was, I don't know, a month later, five weeks later, but I'm sitting in my, I rent an apartment above someone's garage. I'm sitting in my meditation chair and I'm meditating. And all of a sudden I hear the garage door that I don't have, but my (laughs) landlords have, and I hadn't even registered that I have a garage door. And I knew the landlords were away. They were not home. So the door underneath my behind, my chair is sitting on the top of, the garage door opens, the garage door closes, the garage door opens again, and then it starts to close. 
So one, there would be no reason if they were home. Nobody's home, (laughs) and there's no reason for it to open and close twice. But it's like I obviously didn't get it the first time. So as it's closing the, the second time, I say, because you gave me this instruction, you said, if something happens, don't say what a coincidence. You ask as a possibility. So I said, Scott, is that you? And in that I, I very hope, instant, and I'm, I, I let ahead. me interrupt because it's really yeah. important to relate this to everybody who's listening. I hope you all are taking notes of what Cheryl is saying, and and that when you get those signs, don't just say, "Oh, I wonder if that was them." Do what she just did right there. Connect. They love it on the other side when we acknowledge how hard they work. That's not easy to make a garage door go up and down twice. <laughs> so ask them. So what? Ha- I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I really want no, to no, drive this to my toe. So you said, Scott, yep. is that you? And in that instant, and I know she's listening, our very sweet friend Dawn, at that very instant, I said, Scott, is that you? And in that very instant, his dear friend and my dear friend sent me a text, and all that was in the text, I said, Scott, is that you? My phone made the twinkling sound, and there was a heart. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> great timing. timing. And Scott's been and great with light switches time. and cell phones, and he's been great with electronics. That's excellent. And I did mention that he he's excellent with opening a book at random times. There were there have yes. been several of them. Do any of them come to mind? My favorite one, I think the only one was, is the first time it happened, and it was just very shortly after I started meditating. And you just you know you you're so playful, Suzanne, and you just said have fun with it. Like, don't be so heavy. Oh, yeah. Just have fun with it and ask for signs and thank him when they come. So I'm a little OCD about my books on the bookshelf being tidy and everything pushed back flat. So I'm walking by my bookshelf and I notice messages of hope is protruding uncharacteristically out of the bookshelf. So I go to push it in and in my mind's ear I hear, open the book to any page. So I... Okay, I'm going to have fun with this. So I look at his, I have a collage of his pictures on the wall, and I look at it and I said, first name, last name, Scott, do you have a message for me today? And I got quiet for just a second, and I opened the book, and my eyes, not searching the page, my eyes landed on the phrase, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a coincidence. (laughs) Uh, but what what is also a very valuable key to why you're having these experiences and i want everybody to take note of this is you don't just wonder you don't just think i'm going to play you have such clear intention intent is what moves spirit moves consciousness so Each time you do something, you stop, you pause, you get centered, you think of why you're doing it, what exactly you want, you ask the question, and boom, you get these magical results. So everybody, please, if you're not already trying in this way, do just follow that process, okay? How about the time, let's see, you know, our loved ones often call our attention to certain songs that they know are about to play on the radio. It's not like the DJ changes things for us. But if a song's going to come on, our loved ones put a thought in our head to ask for a song or to listen right now. So you had one of those moments, didn't you? Oh, my gosh. So cool. So I'm driving down the road, my old 96 Toyota. Radio doesn't always work great, but for whatever reason, I get up 
towards the next town up from me, and it, the radio works. So I'm, I turn on the radio, and I said, Scott, do you have a song for Send me a song. We need a song. We didn't have a song. I want a song. You know, send me a song. And in that instant, this song comes on, and it's, you know, all about you'll never be alone, even when your life explodes. I will be right here when the smoke clears. You'll, you'll never, I'm right here. You'll never be alone. And so I'm thinking, this is a great song, and I'm bopping, and it's awesome. And then the song finishes, and the DJ says, hey, this is Scott. I sure hope you like that new song by Andy Grammer. (laughs) 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 Okay, just another coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So you started um, reading more and more about this, and I remember when you started reading my book, Wolf's Message, you yep. emailed me, and you immediately felt the presence of Wolf. This yep. happens to a lot of people when they read the book. So I encourage anybody to that's not used to this, try reading Wolf's message and see if you feel him, because I can't tell. I've lost count of the number of people that write to me and say, I can't believe this. I can feel him right here. All these synchronicities are happening. But with you, he was giving you evidence. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was one of those things you ask, how do you, how did you know? And I don't know how I knew, but I knew that it was him. And he said, I have some information for my parents. So I start writing down the list of, you know, somebody got a new bedspread and something about murky water. And like, anyway, so these bullet point things that I couldn't have known and some, which were very, very specific. And, um, and I was really kind of afraid because I'm not bigger than my britches here. I'm the complete new kid behind the, you know, the wheel of a really big bus. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I had some trepidation about send, writing this and sending you the email, but your instruction to me, and I'm good at following instructions, is write it down if you hear it, trust what you get, and if someone gives you a message, deliver it. So the commander-in-chief gave I want to put just one caveat on there. Yep. Uh, do not deliver messages that could be harmful to someone or cause no, pain. No, exactly. And yeah. yours no, were beautiful, I, and they were laced with uh, evidence, like that bedspread and murky water. And I'm kind of laughing inside because I knew that Mike and Beth, Wolf's parents, his father and stepmother, had just moved. And I thought, you know, they probably did buy a new bedspread. And I know they, they're moving into the low country, and the water there is kind of murky. So without saying anything, I just said, hey, um, here's their email address. You go ahead and deal with them directly. And because we're running out of time here, uh, yep. I will tell everybody that absolutely she was connecting with Wolf because they validated so many things. But I think we should share with the listeners the most recent really cool things that happened when the frog showed up a frog showed up for Mike and Beth in a most remarkable way and what happened with a bicycle well last week or the week before last I said Scott you know send me signs from other people you know you've given me signs but maybe I'm maybe if I'm making it up in my head send me signs from other people so within the next three days after that three or four different people all sent me signs uh, from Scott that were crystal clear that it was him but one day Beth I'm sitting there eating my oatmeal, and I decide to check my email, and there's an email, and she says, look who came to breakfast, and it's a picture of a frog, and I called them, and she said we were sitting there eating our, I said I was eating my oatmeal, and I checked my email. She said, well, when we were eating this, when we were seeing this frog, that we were eating oatmeal. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Next day, she sends me another frog. She said, look who came back. He sort of adhered to the pole of their deck, and then the third day, she said, 
look at the hitchhiker, and she sent me a text, and on the bike, the frog, it's one of those sticky-fingered frogs which with the big fingers, and so she's, you can see Mike, and you can see the frog adhered to the front of Mike's bicycle as a hitchhiker. And I mean, how many even, times has anybody listening ever had a frog <laughs> jump onto your bike and ride around with you? Okay. <laughs> and the cool thing was, Scott, for 30 years, he didn't own a car. He only rode his bike. So I sent them a picture of Scott with his bike, and there's a frog zip-tied to his crossbar, and he has some Mardi Gras green Mardi Gras beads on the handlebars. And I sent that to Beth and Mike, and they said, holy cow, we were just in this town, and look what we picked up off the ground and put on our handlebars. It's green Mardi Gras beads. And the part uh. that Beth and Mike don't know, as I was going through my notes today in preparing for this call, um, I was looking on December 16th, in my meditation, I wrote frog on a bicycle. Not Scott, not froggy. It was I could see in my mind's eye a frog on a bicycle. And I thought, well, that's strange. Then 3-28-2018, they send me a picture of a frog on a bicycle. And both your picture and their bike had green Mardi Gras beads on the handlebars. Folks, there is no other way to explore, explain all of these stories than that. We are part of something so much bigger than what we think. This world is not all there is. There is a greater reality. Death is not the end. When we pass, we go on to another world, and we have fun. Scott and Harry Smith are playing together on the other side with Wolf, and all because it helps us here come to know who we are. Also, expressions of God, of the great spirit of source, who is having fun expressing through us, and it's all about love. Cheryl, we're out of time, but thank you so much for bringing the love to to us through your stories, and thanks to Scott for joining us. Thank all of you for joining us. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Suzanne. All right. Love to everybody. We'll see you next week. Many of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, that was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play in the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. 
On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas More reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that More important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together. 